all full of authentic points of view. Myself alone have at least 22. They come from the things that we have been through. Those things can either make or break you. Life is full of ups and downs. It's our choice to either smile or frown. Please choose to smile today. Because it's one thing that's free to give away. People say that life isn't hard. It's what you make of it. But what if only struggle surrounds you? What can you take from it? Life can be hard and some things aren't fair. Please listen to others just to be aware. All I'm saying, you never know what someone's going through. Just because they look happy doesn't make it true. Hopefully this podcast will help you see. You are not alone. You have at least got me. We are more alike than you may know. But if we stay quiet, we will never grow. Don't ever give up because you got this. If you quit, think of all the opportunities that you could miss. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Authentic Points of View. I'm your host, Danielle Boer, as always. (laughs) So I am excited about today's guest. So I always say that and everybody's like, well, are you excited about everybody? Yes, because I love people and I love learning. So yes, I am. Uh, I am excited today because it's a little bit different. So uh, this is going to be kind of it's going to be fun and interesting and I'm going to learn as well. So, all right, Andre Parody is a relationship coach, NLP coach, published writer, public speaker, and ordained minister, and like so much more. Um, welcome, Andre, to the show. Hey, good morning, Danielle. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you. And again, this is going to be kind of it's going to be fun. I like to talk about yes. like stuff before just business stuff. So my, my show is really like, but like kind of leads up to, to things, but perfect. Um, all right. So this is going to be a little bit starting off. Like, so you were a dancer. Where did yes. you get started in your career um, of dancing? So good start. It's a long story. So I want to try to chop it down because it's yeah. just silly. <clears throat> so in a nutshell, I was a kid that didn't fit anywhere, right? I was an awkward kid who had one friend ever in school. So watching the world, watching the world, I was constantly watching the world for my circumstances to understand my life. Anyway, uh, I went to a private high school. <clears throat> so I'm always 16 years old when I'm signing up to this new um, high school that uh, it was a high school into college uh, school. So the week before we started high school, like I said, I'm almost 16 years old, you had to go in and register for the classes that you wanted. And so for PE, physical education, the, cl- the, 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 the school was so fancy, you could take ballroom lessons for PE. Wow. So a young girl came up to me the week of signing. I didn't know she knew I existed. Cute little thing. Says, oh, my God, I want to take ballroom. But I need to, you, know, you need to sign as a partner. You know, I had two people. Do you want to take ballroom with me? And I'm thinking... Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I didn't know she thought I existed really. And just cute little thing. I'm like holding her in my arms. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. And this is how it started. Like, so I remember the first class ever, a week later, we started a class. I have in my arms, it's a bottom class, right? They teach you the structure of how to hold a woman. And I remember the teacher's on my right. And he started teaching, I think it was a cha-cha. I remember like it was yesterday. And this is the this is the first click. It's like everything he was doing, I could just copy it, copy it, copy it. Like it was, wow. it's almost like I knew it already. They could just like just recall it. 
So that was the first sort of, the first thing in my life, I was like a 16 years old, a geek, um, feeling there's something that was good at. It was the first time in my life I discovered something I had. It was, a, it was, it was there. So geek to, in four months, I went to geek to star because all the girls wanted to dance with me because the other guys were struggling and somehow I could just do it and practice. So I was, you know, so I became the freaking little star of the class and then I ended up assisting the teacher and we ended up like doing performances in school, outside of school. And so I did this for three years. I was a ball dancer. And that's really all I wanted to do from, a, you know, a sad kid, isolated. All of a sudden, like, this brought me joy. This makes me laugh. This makes me smile. It lifted my spirit. Anyway, so that that's how it started. But at 19, I moved to the West Coast of Canada, where ballroom was everywhere on the East Coast at that time. I get to the West Coast, zero ballroom. doesn't exist. Mm. It's like Arthur Murray stuff, which is not at all what I want to do, because it's those private lessons. And it's a, it's a anyway. So I ended up dragged by my roommate, a girl at the time, who used to go dancing. She was, you have to, you have to go back to dancing. You have to go back to dancing. You have to go to the, her. <laughs> so one Saturday, she wakes me up early, and we end up in a jazz studio back in those days, jazzercise eyes with the headbands and leg warmers. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's not what I do. That's not what I do. She goes, you just, I take class, and it was actually really hard because in ballroom you don't you don't do the conditioning that you do in a jazz class, right? Just just an hour of conditioning, stretching, strength building, all this stuff before you even start dancing. Uh, but I, I found it to be a bigger challenge that I expected. So that kind of turned me on. I like challenges. Anyway, long story short, within three months of taking class, I got a scholarship. Like, how's that happen? Like in three months of jazz dancing, you know nothing. You know, you can hardly stand up, really. But they saw something in me. So I got a scholarship. And that was the beginning of that career where I never paid for my training ever. Everywhere I went, I, wow. I, I trained for free. I got scholarship. They opened doors. There was even at one point when I realized this was getting serious. Um, you have to go back to classical training, ballet, dance, you know, for your structure, for alignment, for the strength. I go to a ballet studio to try their class. They give me a scholarship. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, wow. <laughs> so I kind of just kind of, I was pulled that away, you know, sort of by life, like circumstances. Now, looking back, they're like, I have the perfect skeleton for this. I'm built for this. My feet, my legs, my turnout, my, you know, all. I didn't know. But that's how it opened all the doors. So at one point, I was raised to go to school and become an engineer. And so to have a life of dancing really kind of went against everything I was raised to be or the right thing to were you going to make a living at dancing but that's all i wanted to do and it, everything kept pulling me you know so i thought i gave it a couple of years you know it seems to be something i'm compelled to be part of so um some from some other you know so i'll give it a couple of years and if it doesn't work out i'll just go back to school well that led me to <laughs> a vacation in los angeles where i was invited to help a friend of mine who we used to come up to vancouver a lot uh, the teacher was assisting him, and he says, "Come to Los Angeles, you know, for a couple of weeks. It'll be vacation for you, you know. But I need you to help me with my dance demo reel. Like actors do demo reels, well, so do choreographers. So he wanted me to basically be dance captain for his demo reel because he liked me. Blah blah. So we drive down, me and my girlfriend, to Los Angeles um, for two weeks of the vacation. We're going to be in L.A. and then help him out and blah blah. <clears throat> Staying in his house." So, uh, we got in town Thursday night and Saturday evening at the studio we were rehearsing in. There was a party for dancers, like all local dancers in Los Angeles, party for dancers, the people that I want to be part of. So 
Saturday night, there's, you know, a, a studio full of 25-year-olds, men and women, just, you know, doing the life that I want to have, doing the business that I want to be in, but I'm Canadian. So, and I'm just dancing with my girl. Everybody's young, except in the corner to my left, there's an older gentleman, you know, 50 years old or so, who kept staring at me. And he's staring at me, and he's staring at me, and I'm like, oh, we're in L.A., okay. Like, I'm dancing with my <laughs> girlfriend, dude, right? <laughs> and then my buddy, who invited me to come down, is now talking to him, and I could clearly sit and tell they're talking about me. They're looking at me, they're pointing at me, right? I'm like, what the hell is he doing? What, what is he doing? Trying to introduce me to the old creep. But sure enough, he waves me over. I'm like, <laughs> man, man alive. So I was in those days. I was too polite still to flip people off. <laughs> so I, I went over there like a good boy, introduced me to the old guy, and I'm, I have an attitude. So he grabs me by the elbow. I'll never forget this. With the back of the space, he grabs me by the elbow, throws me out the door, the exit door that was open, and he goes, "Um, this is Steve Merritt. He's trying to hire you for a show that he can't find people to replace. So how about you like smile and say hi to Steve properly, you idiot, right?" <laughs> So I walk back in the studio and with a different attitude. And I, so I talked to Steve and he says to me, this is like a movie. This is like a movie story. In a, on Saturday, in a club, in a, in, a, in a studio, he says, listen, I lost one of my men. I do one of the major national shows that we're touring the United States. I lost my dancer. You know, I've been auditioning all of our town for four months. I can't find anybody to replace him. However, exactly what I'm looking for. How about it? I'm like, wow. what? <laughs> He goes, you know, this is Saturday night. He says, we start rehearsal on Monday. Oh. <laughs> That's how desperate, like four months. And I'm like, wow, okay, so what's the show? And he goes, it's Chippendales. Oh. And, you know, dancers can be really snooty, right? Like like, like, like actors and actresses and stuff. Like, you know, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh, excuse me, I'm not a stripper. I'm a commercial trained, you know, contem- contemporary jazz dancer. Right? And he's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, calm down. He goes, like, tell me how much money you're making being a contemporary jazz dancer. And I'm like, mm, okay, right? <laughs> okay, well, you got me there. He goes, look, I'm offering you this opportunity. We start you know, Monday morning. Do you want it? And I talked to my girlfriend. She's like, are you kidding? This is what you want to do, right? Like, just go. Um, me and her was a summer thing kind of thing. We knew it was going to go anywhere, but whatever. So she's like, just go. So that was actually my first commercial job. I, I I worked for Chippendales for a year and a half. Now, you know, made a ton of money, and that's how that's what allowed me really to save money because everything's paid for by the hotel. It's like we have no expenses. We you know we get salaries and tips, so it's like a ton of free cash, um, and that allowed me to save all that money. It allowed me to a year and a half later. I realized that I didn't want to do this anymore. I'm a dancer, and I was, you know I didn't want to be part of that life. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, like forever. I wasn't training. We we're dancing. We we're not training, right? It's, it's dangerous for me as far as far as my career. That's not what I do. <clears throat> this is a job that allowed me to move to LA, and it did. So I, I quit a year and a half later, and that's how I joined. I moved officially to Los Angeles. I got an agent. I started auditioning for music videos, television shows, you know, movies, whatever. Back in those days, movie, um, uh, music videos are really in. So I jumped into the business. And that's how I got to work with Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, Julio Iglesias, and an array of other people that came and went that aren't famous necessarily. And that was like, that's how that started <laughs> in the studio on a Friday, on Saturday night. 
seemingly randomly, but changed my life completely. Wow, that's crazy. So it is like a uh, a movie because it's like, how does that even happen? Like, where where does it come from? Like, you're just trying to have fun, and then your friend, but you're you know having somebody in the industry already or having like connections really is helpful. Uh, we say that kind of with anything, you know, yep. it's, it really is helpful to know somebody. So how in the world did you go from that to owning like an auto body? Like, <laughs> what's the transition there? Like, how oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know stage two of my life, auto body shops. So what happened is I did this for about 15 years. I traveled the world. I got paid. I went awesome. to Thailand for months. I was in Japan a million, a million times to teach and choreograph. So I was living the life. Uh, making a living, but when I got, you know, as time went on, I the liability for like I remember as I, I when I lost the arrogance of my youth, I realized you know my my lifestyle has a liability where if I twist my ankle, I'm done. I can't, you know what I mean? Like I this body has to sustain this all the time, all the time. Right. And like I said, I'm th- I was thinking like I got to sort of get something else more stable, something to build on. And I, mean, I come from a family of car guys. We love cars. I have a bunch of cars. I collect cars. I, I, I old cars. They're just, just, it's in our blood. So, and we decided, me and my wife were married for a couple of years, and we decided to start a family. So that's when I decided to come off the road because I was not going to be an absent dad. You know, yeah. I, I had no dad that way. So I was not going to be that. So since I'm an entrepreneur, I do whatever I want. I just plan my life as I need, as I want. So I told my agents, I, I, my agent, I'm like, I'm not going out of town anymore. So give me the work in Los Angeles because I'm not going anywhere. I'm raising my kids here. And in order to stay grounded, make money and build something, I started the body shop. And that just took me over in months. Like it went from zero to 60, like so fast. It's like I, I, my, it made my head spin. I, I basically, my life changed completely um, in months, like the new reality of, you know, I used to travel the world to get make some money, and I sit in my office. People come to me like, "Wow, this it's a different way to do life." That was that was cool. But and so what I said was stage two again. The reason, like, the, so the 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 shop was six minutes from my house, and my house was two blocks from school. Awesome. So both me and my wife were at every parade, every Christmas parade, every Halloween parade, every meet, everything on stage, every you know theater, whatever. It's not her both of us in the audience but both our kids the whole time that's the way i designed my life that was the plan so that was great and what happened is to 2006 now you have to understand also my brain from my childhood observing human beings observing human beings that was always my go-to i'm curious about the human condition i always be fascinated by this and i was taking i started taking personal development when i was 23 years old so i was always in that even though i was dancing even though i was owning a shop. I was always in workshops, personal development workshop, like always. Like you find me on the weekend, I'm in the workshop. It was ridiculous. Like my friends are like, why, why, what the, what? I said, I'm learning. Yeah. Everything, anything, right? Anyway, so in 2006, I am in Northern California in a business workshop because I'm trying to raise my revenue on the business. Um, and I meet this couple who are sitting next to me on the plane on the way back, look seemingly randomly. And she says to me, um, what do you do next weekend? And I go, oh, I'm off next weekend. Why? She goes, you want to come to a workshop? It's on me. I think, of course. Because <laughs> <laughs> these things can be expensive. And then I go, well, where's the workshop? And she's like, oh, it's called Understanding Women. 
okay. <laughs> like, I just thought it was going to be silly. It's just going to be like lighthearted, like be kind, don't yell, flop. You know what I mean? I didn't make the mistakes that my friends seem to make with women. I, I always attracted sweet women like my wife. We're doing fine. I have two babies at a time. Like, I'm not looking for this information. Anyway, so I said I was going to go, so I go. So the next weekend I go, thinking it was going to be cute. And I walked in there. There's 400 people in the space. And I remember thinking, oh, no, something is something's going on here. And after the end of the workshop, my brain was all over the walls, literally exploded, understanding, knowing. And I realized I knew zero, nothing about, absolutely nothing about women, which meant I meant nothing about, I knew nothing about my wife. And I found that very, very dangerous. My, all my siblings are divorced and married two, three, four times. I have my angel. I have my baby girl. Wow. I have my family. I'm not going to be a statistic because I didn't know. You know what I mean? And that's my brain. So I just yeah. went and jumped into the company's curriculum. I took all their workshops. A year later, I'm a workshop leader for them because I'm a teacher. So this kind of easy kind of transition. And that's how that business started. You know, and I kept studying with masters in the field, John Gray, Shanti Felhan, Esther Perel in New York City about love intimacy, Dr. Uh, uh, um, Pat Allen, Los Angeles for like three and a half years. So I have a cocktail of information with these masters that is, I think, without arrogance, untouchable. And that's sort of the business started and <laughs> off it went. And here I am full time doing this. I had to sell the shop. It was I was got so busy doing this and I couldn't do both. It almost killed me. Eventually, I have to sell the business completely just to be able to do this full time. And that's what I do. All right. Wow. So that's really cool how you just went to, a, you're just like, okay, I'll go. And then you didn't expect to get anything out of it. And then it turned your life like completely. You know, yeah. Just completely into around. something. That's really cool. So, how did your wife feel about it? Like, did she, it probably was exciting to her because you were, probably learned a lot more and you could actually be more supportive and kind of feel her needs probably more or I mean, whatever she's my wife is you know has five older brothers so she wow. understands men she doesn't complain about men she never say that why do you guys always like never said that a day in her life she's actually more comfortable with men than women she thinks women talk too much and they're silly right? <laughs> even well, though she we has do. girlfriends <laughs> but like she the, her, her friends are no nonsense though so but when I came home that day, I was seriously like, I panicked. I was in a panic. I realized what I didn't know was super dangerous and I didn't want to be statistic. Yeah. Because I didn't know. Like, my, my brain exploded. She says, I came home, I was white and I was that upset. Like, the things that I learned that day, right? And it's, it's, it, was, it was devastating because the idea of that I'm hurting her feelings constantly. When I don't mean to, I have no intention. I have zero. I can never want to hurt my wife or hurt her feelings. Why would I want to do this, right? But just being a man, just my my words, my lack of words, you know, my action or my lack of action, I constantly freaking hurt her feelings. And I discovered that that day, and I checked with her, and she's like, "Well, yeah." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> what?" Like, and then realizing this, is what I learned when one of the things, like, I slipped off my chair like eight times that day. It was insane. It was insane. Like, it's upsetting. Um, and I discovered that most women read into our actions or our words or our lack of action or words, right? I don't, I didn't know that. I have no intention. I just have me. That often you think we, we hurt your feelings. You think that we know that we hurt your feelings, which means we, you think that we choose to hurt your feelings. Right. So we're doing it on purpose. It's so obvious to you that you don't say that, you don't do that. All the girls in the space are like, God, what a douche. I have, I'm just being me. I have, I'm not trying to 
to convey some kind of hidden message by my action and my word. Like, ever? Like, why? Why would I like that's completely against the nature of men? We like things to be easy and have some have some peace, you know, in my house, yeah. especially. I don't want turmoil. I don't want to. Why would I hurt it? Anyway, so I found that insane. That was a, one of the big ones that day. And so it's unacceptable. How, how long can a woman take actually believing that the man is doing it on purpose before she wants to kill him? And what, five years, 10 years, 15 years? And you see that all the time, right? Women just end up just disappearing. Like they take it for 15. They wait for the kids to go to college and they go and they leave. Like, screw yeah. them. Screw them, like, because they never said, because they actually the whole time thought, anyway, so that's how it was very upsetting. And so it opened the channels for us to have these conversations, be able to check in. Part of the work that I've done as well is, is in communication. So how do you negotiate your wants and needs respectfully? Because often, you know, women will tend to get their feelings heard, but not bring it up and kind of like sit on it, right? Sit yeah. on it, sit on it, and I call it a pancakes, right? You do you start a stack of pancakes of little injuries that stack up. You don't say anything because it's no big deal, and you don't want to start something, so you'd rather not start something because, you know, if he gets upset, it's even worse. So you let it stack up until one day, the same little offense, and now you blow up. He has no idea what's happening because you never warned him that this bothers you. You you know, so you yell at him. He explodes because you know when you when you attack a man, you trigger his warrior self. So attack a man, he's going to fight back. You're going to lose that battle. Now you like finally, you think he's a jerk because you know you finally open your mouth trying to negotiate something with him. But the attack trigger his <laughs> attacking back. Yeah. Now he's a douchebag. He's a jerk. You hate him. Obviously, he doesn't love or respect you. You walk away crying, and he's like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with her. Like this was uncalled for. Right, it's not fair, really. But so, how do you negotiate wants and needs before that happens? How do you negotiate your discomfort? You know, when babe, when you said this, this is what happened to me. Is that what you meant? What? Like, if that's you do this on every little injury, and that keeps the channels open, and this is how you don't resent each other, or our expectations in love and, and everything, really, but in love are really over the top, we expect people to treat us a certain way, talk to us a certain way, love us a certain way, behave a certain way, know us better than we know ourselves a lot of times, right? <clears throat> and then when they don't meet the, these expectations, we assume something about them. You know, they're jerks, they're, they're, they don't care, they're cold, you know, I must, and doesn't respect love. Like, and it goes right to shit for no reason because we don't talk. So that's what happened with my wife. It opened up this entire the, the channels of communication and and it took a lot it is it, it's again we had a lot of conversations because a lot of stuff that i do would trigger her right and i always it, have to explain it right like, oh wow that's not what i meant that's not what i said that's not what i there was no message decoded behind this it was not for you to decode some meaning i said exactly what i meant and again that goes into language men speak and listen differently than women speak and listen which sounds insane because we look at each other, we speak English, we're communicating, we're not. What I say, you're not hearing. And when you say I'm not hearing because you're speaking codes and innuendos, I speak directly. You can't imagine I speak directly. You're trying to tell me, you're trying to figure out what I, you know, you talk to a woman and she goes into, what is she trying to tell me? I just said it. No, what are you trying to tell me? You mad at me? I'm just, no, I'm just telling you what I, right? So you can't hear us. And when you, we speak in codes and innuendos and hints, Right? And the little clues, you think that we get it because every girl in the room gets it because you speak that way. And we're like, you know, like, I, I can't hear you. Like, 
Yeah. I'll give you an example. Like, but my wife, you know, one time she asked me, like, do you want to, you know, ask if she wanted to go to the movies? Just girlfriends around. They're all girls. They all speak the same language. I don't. And I said, so you want to go to the movies after the girls leave? And she's like, hmm, yeah. I'm like, cool. Make some plans. She gets mad. <laughs> and I go, well, you said yes. And the girls are like, no, she didn't. She said no. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the, 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 mm, mm, yeah, yeah that means yeah she's not no. really yeah no so all the girls got it there was a big no i heard yes anyway that's what we do to each other so that was a huge part of our development and understanding to we don't communicate the same we don't talk this in the same we're not motivated by the same thing what she finds exciting and fun and turns you know turns her crank does not i find boring and vice versa right like we're, we're completely different machines and we've missed the boat thinking we should be much more the same. And that's in our culture, right? Like equality, 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 you know, trying to make men and women the same. It's ridiculous. It's exact. <laughs> we're exact opposite. We're made to fit. We're complementary. We're not made to be the same. We're not the same. We're completely different beasts. So that's one of the things that I see in my work is, is women want men to act like women. <laughs> uh, that's your girlfriend, right? You want no. to be sweet, sensitive, talk to you, be vulnerable, right? Ask you how your day was. That's a girl, right? But so you resent men for not acting like girls because we're supposed to be 50 50 equality. That's ridiculous, right? We're, we're not the same. And the same with the men are like, why does she take everything personally? What's wrong with her? Like, I'm not saying that to her, but that's what she hears. And, you know, she's, and how many times have you heard a man say something like, it's not about you? Let that go. And you want to kill him because, <laughs> because your feelings are your feelings, right? Yeah. We don't drive our lives through our feelings. So we're constantly, in our logic, you're constantly your feelings. Anyway, yeah. so it's fascinating. So equality is crap in my world. You know, like equal rights, equal pay, of course, that's what I'm saying. But it comes to love, equality destroys the dynamic between men and women. It destroys the polarity. And yeah. Back to nature, right? Nothing in nature is neutralized. Everything in nature that's masculine and feminine, everything that grows, flourishes, expands. It's polarized, masculine and feminine, yin-yang, black-white. It's all polarized. It's all pulling. When you neutralize, the energy falls and people fall apart. Just saying. Well, so I I see what you're saying. At first, I didn't when I was like reading. But so I was married and now divorced. And um, that was it was horrible. So he was actually was way too girly to be honest and i'm not trying to bash anybody but he was extremely like like me and i thought i wanted somebody like me that's why i'm bringing this up okay because i had been with a lot of abusive people i've been in a lot of abusive relationships i lived in a homeless shelter when i was pregnant with my second son my one son's father was always going to to jail like it was just crazy and i didn't value myself like i should so I kind of was like living in fear and like thinking that everybody, everything that he thought was really the truth about me, which it wasn't. So I left that situation, but then I was like, I need to find somebody that's like me. Oh, no. no. So my my um husband, <laughs> well, my ex-husband, oh Lord, uh, my ex-husband now, he was doing that on purpose. So he became like what I wanted just to like kind of reel me in, right? And then he was not like that at all, which at first when he was, I was like, oh, I'm knowing I want somebody that is as clingy as me. No, that's too clingy. Like, I don't want somebody that wants to be up my butt or be around me all the time or whatever. 
Like, and then that's so a girl, I, by the way. That's a girl with a penis. Right. And so I was like, and he was, he would not protect me. He wasn't tough. One time the neighbor came over a man and was getting in my face and my husband stood behind me and he's six foot something. That's the girl with a penis. What is happening? So I don't want people to fight, but I'm just saying you want that protection kind of like you want to feel. Nature. Nature. Yeah. So now fast forward, uh, <laughs> I've been with the uh, guy. So I moved to Georgia. I actually left literally the state to get away from my ex-husband mm-hmm. and the situation. And, um, and now I'm with this guy that we've been with uh, four and a half years. And he is way tough. But it's funny because he used to be a fighter. Literally, he was a boxer. So he at first he was always like, I'm like, no, 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 let's <laughs> it's OK. Yeah, you got to you got to slow it Easy. down. So but he is a great balance because it's not girly for him to ask me how my day was because he really does like he he doesn't like me being well, I can't say he doesn't like it, but he says, like, you can't always think with your emotions like that's what he says to me. And I understand it. And I'm like, okay. So I kind of like that grounds me. And I'm like, okay, I'm being too whatever right now. And, but Mm -hmm. he does say he's very considerate. So he will say like, how was your day? Every time our daughter comes home, well, he raises her, but it's my ex. Anyways, but um, he's also her dad. So he'll say like, how was your day? What did you learn today? But he's our, our protector, our, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he does all those things, but he's also very like consider it like he's not huggy he's not like right that would be like me wanting a girl if I want somebody to be and that's how my ex was and then I learned like oh no I don't (laughs) I don't it doesn't feel safe right so what this man has is what he called we both are masculine and feminine we both have both do I mean so it's the degree in which you can let it drive your life so the the first husband was a feminine man so on the spectrum of masculine and feminine even though he had a penis he fell more on the feminine side. We could probably fess it up to no daddy, no role model, or overpowering mother who castrated him as a teen. That's always the case. So, you know what I mean? That's So it's not their fault, but they operate like women. I call them boys, not men. They're boys. They stay little boys, and they want, they're looking for women to take care of them. They're looking for mama to take care of them. Uh-huh. Because So that was you, right? So that puts you in the masculine, which never makes you feel safe. And sooner or later, it goes to hell because they're emotional. You have to stabilize, so you become you switch roles. It happens all the time, right? So he's emotional, he's dangerous. Those are the dangerous and toxic one, by the way. They don't manage their emotions like men do. Men control their emotions, boys don't, right? They're narcissistic. They yell at you, they threaten yeah. you, and they're that's the only power that they have as part of the reason. So it makes you masculine, it makes you unsafe, and it's it's against nature. That's not how nature works. So these are men who basically are injured. Women who masculinize. Again, no daddy or a controlling mother, a role model after mom who's a mama bear. Mama bear is masculine as hell. It's providing, you know, it's mothering and nurturing is masculine trait, our masculine trait. It's providing, protecting the kids. So mom, being a mother is very masculine. Being nurturing is masculine. So when you have no father in the space, mama bear kicks in. Now you become a beast of a man. You know, with ovaries, and you raise your daughter to be like this, so she has no option to anyway. So, masculine women often comes from those beginnings. The magic of what I think your now partner has is a good balance of being a man with some sensitivities, which is exactly what we need to be, right? So, you don't get to be 100% a male, that makes you a brute. So, I call it nurturing daddy energy. 
right? He's a man. He does his life. He provides and protects. And part of that daddy energy is nurturing appropriate daddy energy. How was your day, right? What's it like to be blah, 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 and really being a nurturing force, but it's sort of 25% of his being. It's not running over his life that he can't right, work and he's right. looking for somebody to take care of him, right? Same thing with a woman. A woman is the nurturing energy, the providing, the, the, the nurturing, the, the, you know, the fertile part. You create life, for God's sake. Is anything more important than this? So in that, you know, you need protection. You know, you need to feel safe in the world. So that big, strong dude will do this for you. So your feminine is going the flow and raising the children, being patient, being of community, connecting everything together. That's the feminine. It's beautiful. It's different, exact, completely different than what he's doing. However, it's complementary. But you still have to have access to your masculine to handle the things of life. So you're 75%, 80% feminine and 20, 25%, more or less, of your masculine that has to, you know, handle the logistics of life. That's a natural balance for the bodies completely masculine only masculine for men makes them beast you know completely feminine for women completely 100 percent makes them incapable of doing anything you know what i mean so again the, the, the sweet spot for me is always the balance but men living inside out is called ego dysmorphic men living inside out their essence feminine you know what that's like and it's a disaster women who are living ego dysmorphic you know Completely masculine, no access to their femininity creates a, it's a terrible thing for them. Stressed out, overwhelmed, you know, anxiety driven, just, you know, adrenalized all the time, and it opens the channel to all kinds of sickness and disease in their bodies. Um, so it is, it's actually unhealthy. So it's actually back to nature again. Just flip the script back, you know, and, and this is the work that I do with my clients that bring them back into balance so they could. As women, they can, when they're masculine, they get, have access to being lovely, radiant, feminine, warm, which is, attracts the masculine who wants to provide and protect. Naturally, by the way, no manipulation needed, and that's all things. And then some of them, I get to marry them because I officiate weddings. Like, <laughs> it's sort of recalibrate them into what works best. And again, it's lined up with nature. It's pretty that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I love energy and stuff. Actually, from my, uh, well, he's, He's technically my fiance, but we just say I just say boyfriend. But yeah, yeah. kind of from him because he had a different perspective. He came from a different background from me, and that's another thing that we love is is seeing, and that's one of the reasons why my show is called Authentic Points of View because being around him in the situations he's been in that was the opposite from me turned made me feel so empathetic and understand that people have it a lot worse than you know and just like the stuff that he had to grow up with and and everything sure. I'm, I'm just like what in the world um but yeah and it's and it's sad but anyway so that's really awesome like how did you get into ordaining like well how did that happen like <laughs> well you... <laughs> that was that was funny because i was doing this work i was doing this work you know 100 miles an hour and then one of my one of my buddies at the gym, somebody I met at the gym, one of the guys that I saw, I'm at the gym five days a week, so that becomes my world every day, Monday mm-hmm. to Friday. Uh, and he was, you know, he he was single, and he was, you know, everybody talks to me at the gym because they know what I do, and they come up with like, hey, dude, so like my girlfriend is acting like <laughs> so all, all the time. People are like you're always talking, and I know they come at me, they ask, they know what I do, and I'm there every day. They know anyway, so. He was one of those that come around and asked me about women and how to date and how to think and blah, 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 blah. And so, and sure enough, he ended up finding himself a 
beautiful little angel Latina. He's Latino, right? And um, and then they 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 started. They kept. I I helped them through the whole process Aww. just because I was there. He was asking, so you know, managed to. They got they get engaged, and I'm like, oh my god, way to go, dude! It was because of you, right? I'm like, okay. Um, and then he said to me when they decided to get married, he goes, that was his idea. He says, you know, we are getting married. We're not very religious. We don't need a priest, you know. He says, but you're the reason why we're together. He says, why don't you get ordained, you know, and do our wedding? But he says, look what it should do. Look what it will do to your business. This is what you do, right? You get people together. Like, That's awesome. I think, he goes, that would be a great idea for you as a business. Like, plus, you know, in addition to what you're doing, I'm like, huh, what a great idea. <laughs> so that's how that came about. I did, and by the way, you know, I'm a performer. I'm used to being in front of crowds, but like to me, it's another performance. So I designed the wedding ceremony and all this stuff, and thinking it was just going to be that, right? Give me a microphone, uh-huh. let me do my thing. Big deal. It was so much more than that. It was so insane. Like I can't tell you. This is why I got really addicted to like what I do and be able to do marry some people. That that it was such an honor. It was insane to to meet the family and to watch them all. You know come and get together like gather together for this event and then the whole family on one side the other family on the other side and then the 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 the, the father i mean the mother brings the son forward right and i remember that he was like he was so nervous i put my hands on him like it's okay i got you i got Aww. you we're cool we're cool we're cool he was so so nervous and then she came down and oh my god and, and then it was i remember thinking it was such a privilege and an honor to be able to do that you know and and they exchange their vows and pronounce them husband and wife, and that was a cherry on the cake for me. So I I do these as many as I can. I have one coming in Vegas and and in awesome. at the end of uh, the end of the, in March, and I'm going to um, Texas in May to do another one. I did before awesome. COVID four. You know, COVID kind of put a dent in that, but it's just uh, so that's how that came about. It was his idea, but kind of brilliant. Oh, very much so. <laughs> that I is know. really awesome. What that's smart, and that's something that makes a lot of sense because it's like a full circle moment, right? So it's like, <laughs> and you know, I was a uh, wedding photographer for a little bit. I was a photographer mm-hmm. that did a lot of things, and I did a few weddings, and it is so emotional. And I have one picture that actually got me uh, hired from another. I did like you know those little like not craft shows, but like the shows where you set up the booths and stuff like a vendor. So I had my, my um, pictures there, some of them canvases. And this one is of a groom crying and he does not cry. Like I, this guy was like Mr. Tough guy. Right. And then to capture him crying, he actually didn't like that. But anyways, so that the lady hired me because of it. She was like, Oh my gosh, that's so touching. And, like, and her, and her fiance is like, no man, I don't want you that to ain't happen. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, it's such a, a beautiful moment and, and a great thing to be a part of. And on oh, your really? end, you're literally, uh, you know, <laughs> the glue pro part of it together Uh, i put it together so what what is your advice okay like there's all these things and i don't even know what it is i've been in one relationship you know got divorced and then got in another one so what the world is hookup culture and then like how do you think it's destroying like societies and stuff i mean just explain i'm sure people know i'm like 40 but i'm like 90 i don't (laughs) i don't (laughs) (laughs) you're funny 
Well, no, because it's, it, it all came about with this equality thing, right? To okay. liberate women from the kitchen and their a- aprons and have them step in the world like men and go, you go, girl, you can do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? That's fine. It was started out as a good idea. But what happened is now women are acting like men. And what happened is, it's interesting. Let's put it this way, you know, to this day with every, you know, um, new beliefs in our culture, right? That it's very, very hard to go against the cultural pulse, right? The cultural pulse now is women have to be strong, independent, and powerful and make a ton of money and be independent and don't need no man. And men are supposed to be sweet, sensitive, and vulnerable, which doesn't work, except if they're boys, and that gives you a different nightmare. You've been there, right? Uh, you, yeah. you get hooked up to those guys, you're screwed, right? Not they're fun. sweet, and they're sweet until about six months, and you go, what the hell happened to your life? Because they're manipulative, they're narcissistic. Anyway, so disaster, don't do it. Men, actual men, who like have character, build their lives, have a mission in life, have something bigger to shoot for. Those are the ones who want marriages and kids and build a castle and put their arms around everybody they care for. That's males. But masculine men, and again, in our culture with all the equality crap, you know, men expect it to still be traditional. Women, even even though they're, you know, liberated and acting like men, still want men to provide and protect and cherish and give to them. Very traditional, except our women nowadays refuse to be traditional. They refuse to be traditional. Like they want to be liberated and free, and they want to step in front of men because the patriarchy has men in front of them for millennia. Now, women in the feminist movement has women convinced that it's your turn to step in front of men and leave men behind. That's, that doesn't work. Men in front doesn't work. Women in front doesn't work. Right? True partnership in a marriage and a relationship that's healthy is side by side. Partnership. Yeah. Right? Pilot, co-pilot, navigator, driver. You can't both go for the wheel. There's a disaster. In every company, there's one person, there's a CEO, and everybody else, they don't assist. You know what I mean? Like There's a system for anything that works logically. So the idea of equality, where women want to drive the show and the man wants to drive because that's his nature, this is where it goes to, to hell. So masculine women actually repel masculine men, the ones who do want marriage and kids. And end up with boys, which is a disaster. And you think that's men. That's not men. By the way, about 30% of the population are boys. So ladies are completely, they believe that's men. That's not it. The men you don't get to meet because your masculine energy is completely disrespectful to their own natural masculinity. And they don't want nothing to do with you. A masculine man will not tolerate your masculine vibes, your masculine ways, your badass, you know, you get to meet me. Go ahead, that's fine. But they step back. They don't want it. Like I guess I say it this way. You know, women spend their time and are very proud of all their accomplishments and spend their time putting their balls in everybody's face. Men don't want your balls in their faces. Don't put your balls in my face. You know what I mean? And that's what women do. They 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 they're proud of their achievement. Beautiful. But masculine men don't care anything about that. Masculine men don't care about your money. They have their own. That's not what they're looking for in women. But the culture says, go girl, <laughs> right? Okay. But the problem that it causes is you have men walk away from you. And now men is so bad that men are traveling to different countries to find wives because here the women refuse to be traditional. You can blame men for that, but no, I, be, I blame the feminist movement. It's gone too far. You know, women don't want to be traditional. Men go, okay, I'll find a traditional woman somewhere else. It's just it's terrible. It's horrible. 
and I'm not liking to having to say this, but that's what I see every single day of my life. Well, Ugh. I agree and disagree. Uh, please disagree. Nobody's ever heard me disagree. Disagree, one. please. I like that. I, I, I don't I back it up. I don't like. Uh, well, not that it's a confrontation. It's not. But I mean, I kind of can see what you're saying because my, I keep bringing him up, but he very much like agrees with that as well um what you're saying but he also it's a weird it's a it's a good balance because he'll tell me what he thinks like say for instance you know blah 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 blah. but he says hey you're your own person you do what you know i'm saying make your own choices but this is my opinion about it and but the thing is like i feel like i don't know of course, because I'm a woman, but I'm proud of women that do. I don't think you should flaunt anything, any person you are. I don't think that you should be braggadocious, like, oh my gosh, look on I'm, you know, I'm balls in my blah, face. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that, but I do agree with being proud of yourself. And so that, that's what I try to teach people because so many times in life, we, even men or women, we experience trauma. So we yeah. can actually, go backwards and and be numb and and shell up and be in a dark place to where we don't accomplish crap so i think that you should be proud of yourself but never you need to let the man be the man and you need to be the woman i agree with that so i'm not saying the woman has to like do all the dishes and do all this and the man has to do all the lawn and do all this i feel like it's a good balance like you said you need to be beside each other so whatever works for you in a relationship, uh-huh. but you need to talk about it. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. But I don't, I mean, I don't agree that the feminist thing is like, bleh, but I oh, understand. It is, now, it is now, sorry. But in the beginning, it's but that's your Yeah, it's okay. No, but no, this is what I see every day. Now it's a, it's a man-hating, you know, movement. It's anti-man. Well, men are toxic. Men cheat. Men are losers. You don't even know man. Protect yourself. Make some money. You don't even know man. And my clients are like, but I want a husband. I'm like, well, you have to stop that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no, I agree. So it's gone too far. There's 15% yeah. of feminists who are loud and screaming and bitching at men and yeah. shaming everything that's masculine. And it do need masculinity. We build everything. You can't go against men. Half the planet and think it's going to go well. But the women, the 15% who are screaming all this stuff affect all of you guys. And you start getting a little squirrely. Yeah. Like, yeah, I should protect myself. I should. And what happens if you live a life like a man? The dream life, the, the partnership doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you end up, all my clients are 35 plus. They're like, I'm beautiful. I have money. I have my own car. My own wow, Beautiful. Perfect. I don't mind. That's not it. Except what it took to be that person. You've been practicing being masculine for 25 years. Right. And now you don't know how to be feminine. You don't know how to attract men. And men don't want that. So this right, is where right. women want to blame men for not showing up. But like, ladies, you refuse to be women. So there's a, there's a, now, I have to say this because maybe that's the part you disagree with because then a feminist will throw this in my face left and right all the time. Like, oh, so what? Should we just dumb it down and wiggle our asses? I'm like, that's not what I'm fucking saying. Right? Excuse me, I'm cursing now. That's how passionate about this. It's not about that. There's a balance. There's a modern way to do this, but it's a classical, you know, there's a classical being you're, like you're, you're in your essence. So the women, a lot of women do a lot of very powerful stuff. But if your life is all about money and right. work, you will not be able to build a relationship and you will suffer. So I'm just sounding the alarm. Right. You do whatever you want. Yeah. There's a, there's a price to pay for your choices. Yeah. So if you never had a good role model as a daddy, if you 
masculinize as a little girl, you will suffer because you will com be compelled to protect yourself, control everything, make some money. You can't be vulnerable. You can't let go of control. You can't let people help you. You get anxious, nervous. You get sick eventually in your 50s physically. That's not a good life. So I'm sounding right. the alarm. Like there's another way. Rethink this. Go fix yourself. Find somebody to like bring you back into your essence. You'll be happier. And then you have a chance to build something with a man who actually wants to build. Those are the masculine ones. Right. That's what, that's what I'm saying. So and then yeah, within yeah. that, within that, by the way, new modern way to do this is a lot of flexibility. There's a lot of flexibility. Right. The stuff right. that my wife does that's would be considered more, more masculine, but she's good at it and she takes that on where you know, the stuff that I do that's would be more nurturing, feminine in essence, that I, you know, with the children, by the way, that were younger, I did a lot of that. Yeah. Because my dad wasn't there for me to do this. I want to do this. So like that's so it's not about yeah. rigid role models or rigid, you know, um, what's the word? Like um stereotypes. Right, right, right. But back to nature, right? There needs to be a yin and yang. There needs to be a masculine and a feminine. Yeah. And then if when the woman is masculine and the man's feminine. It's a disaster eventually. It works for a while because the polarity is there, but eventually you burn out and you get you can you lose respect for him and it goes to hell. What still works better is this way. Just saying. Yeah. Now again, and there's a there's a bunch of ways to do this. A lot of negotiation, a lot of conversation, but back to nature, right? Just saying. Yeah, so it's really funny because my <laughs> My boyfriend always says yin and yang all the time. He's a yin and yang. He's a yin and, like all the time. But he's right. Uh, you're right about that. There is. There has to be balance in everything. And he also, you know, he talks about the stuff with the women. And I agree with that, though. I feel like there's some women that are not willing to do their part, meaning like they want a man with a million dollars. And they want all this stuff, but then you don't want to do what you're yeah. saying. I won't cook. I won't clean. I'm not saying that's, that's our job. But what I'm saying is if you want somebody to take care of you 100% and you don't want to do anything, that's not the real world. You're going to have so, either an abusive person or a drug or something. Yeah. I don't know. You're yes. going to have something. You're going to have a boy. You yeah, have you're a boy not going to have the right hand. thing. But no, with my... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say there's gifts. So I'm always, you know, I'm always researching, by the way. I'm never... God help whoever's sitting next to me on the plane. Good Lord. Because <laughs> I'm interviewing them. You know, they don't even know it, but I'm always digging. I'm always trying to disprove what I teach. Seriously, I'm always trying to disprove what I teach, and I'm observing everything. And yeah. So part of my network is, is a, a tire shop that I used to deal with when I had the shop. And, you know, again, I'm watching everybody. I'm picking up energy from everybody, the guys, the women, whatever. So this one guy, 27 years old, was working there in a tire shop, right, six days a week, six to six every day, six days a week. Worked like a dog, right, in a tire shop. But he had a, uh, he was married with a two-year-old. And I watched him going from a man going to work, and I saw his energy kind of fade as I'm just kind of watching because that's what I do and pick up energy and sense things. And at one point, I coordinated him months into this, and I go, are you okay? What's going on? Like, you seem out of sort. He goes, I don't know. And then finally, I don't want to talk about it, but I pulled at him. And eventually, on his break, he's like, you know, because you have a wife, right? Is everything okay? He goes, well, two years old. He has, he has a two-year-old. He married her because he got her pregnant. So he work, I said, he works six days a week, whatever. And he goes, he goes, you know, she refused to be a wife. She refused to be a mom. He goes, you know, I come home at 6.30 at night after working six, you know, 12 hours. And he goes, the house is dark. There's no food. There's nothing in the fridge. There's nothing prepared. I'm starving. I'm tired. 
You know, nobody's in place. I call her up. Where are you at? Uh, you know, I had the movies to my friends. Where's the baby? At your mother's. You know, mm. he goes, there's nothing to eat. Well, I'm not your slave. Right? They're divorced now. Like, she refused to do her part. Like, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of negotiating that needed to happen here, right? Like, if I'm working all day long, you're hanging out with your friends at Starbucks and going to the movies, you're not even taking care of the baby. That's not traditional woman. And that's, again, for a guy who's doing his job and providing and protect the best he could and working his butt off. You know, she just like, I'm not your slave. I don't take it for you. Like, that's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Again, so he did it. He married her because he got her pregnant, doing the right thing, but she refused to be doing her part. Like, that's what I'm saying. So women not be, wanting to be traditional, there's a price to pay. Men will walk away from you. But men are interested in that. Like The men who want all this, the men who are traditional, the ones who have something to offer, make money, have character, want to build families, they expect you to be a wife. And so be a wife. It doesn't mean you get to, to dump your, your, like my wife, in, for instance, I think has a perfect life. She's a ballerina. Oh, awesome. You know what I mean? She's a ballerina. She's a prima ballerina when she was younger with two different companies. Prima ballerinas are like the stars of the world of ballet. So she's got, she's got respect in her own right and accomplishment in her own right. Like, go girl, right? That's the yeah. go girl shit. Yeah. Right? But when we, when we met, you know, I go to work and I open the shop to raise our kids and be able to buy a house and do all that stuff. We live in LA, super expensive. Okay, whatever. So I did it. And so she didn't give away or stop her life. She's a ballerina for God's sake. You know how much training goes in that? You know yeah. I mean? But what she did, because we want to have kids, is readjusted. So she started, she, she, she got hired in two colleges here in Los Angeles. She works like two days a week, sometimes three, if they have a, a show on the Saturday, whatever. You know, so it's a very, very part-time life. Gets paid pretty much full-time with all benefits, but she works part-time, which means when I'm at work for 12 hours, she could pick up the kids at 3 o'clock from school, take him home, you know, give him a snack, help him do homework. Do you know what I mean? It's a traditional woman who also has, is still living her dreams on the side, you know, and the more the, the kids got older, she could even get back more into her dancing career. It's not about her disappearing, and not doing anything, it's about adjusting for the sake of the relationship, the marriage, the relationship, the kids. You know, somebody's got to be there for the kids. Typically, men are much more happy doing the, the the big work out there, and then that they expect women to take the other part. That's traditional, with a flex, with the negotiation, and that's still what works best. Just saying. How and long you can have go you against been? That, go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, so you can go against that all day long. There's a price yeah. to pay. It's going to fall apart. You're not going to have a partnership for the rest of your life. It won't work. I see this. I do this every day. I've been doing this for like 15 years. It's just it's always the same. So obvious, you know, but be, women don't like that. I want to be free and liberated. Well, that's the dude. And that's going to cost you, you know, connection and relationships. It's just going to. You're going to be a cat woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's That's what happens. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I think sometimes weird stuff works. I don't know, but you're right. Typically, what you're saying is there. I know what you're saying, but I know some <laughs> relationships that are very uh, non-traditional. That absolutely, it, yeah, and it, it's a, whatever works for you know for you and your partner. But um, how long have y'all been married now? God, thirty years. Hey, that's awesome. Oh, wonderful. So. And and that's good, you know, because 
somebody said to me about something like with my uh you know they're they're saying this like as a joke you know you better get your life together if you want to be a life coach talking to me right because <laughs> you know I'm very much like all over the place and learning all this stuff all the time and blah 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 blah, blah. but that's me and that doesn't mean that I can't help you and I was like listen no matter what's happening, I could still help somebody with their grief and, and the trauma stuff. I know that. So I don't care what any outside person says. It's Amen. not like, and what I said was, it's not like I'm trying to be a relationship coach. And I, you know, I mean, I feel like if you've been divorced and then you've learned and then you, you, you know, you can be one, but I'm just sure. saying, and I said, it's not like I'm trying to be a financial coach when that's surely not my strong suit. Uh, <laughs> so it's not like I'm trying to be something Mark. I'm. I don't know nothing about, I, sure. I you know, I have, uh, yeah, no. And it wouldn't be right. I mean, it, again, it could work, but it, I just feel like I don't want to be a hypocrite, you know, but so something I can help people with is what, you know, uh, with a situation with my brother. So I witnessed my brother commit suicide via telephone. Yeah. And so I almost dropped out of college and all this stuff. And I, yeah there was a lot of trauma there was more I lost a baby actually at work um 25 weeks stillborn and I was working and then that was very trauma Uh, I almost died uh so that was traumatizing and uh so anyways so I've been through a lot now then I had to like learn and adjust and coach and then now I have you know like you said I always want to learn right so I'm always like taking free courses on stuff and doing this and uh whatever I can reading things and and so that's i know i can help people because i was in a dark dark place numb place i've been there right and so now i went through forgiveness like in all these things and mindset changed my mindset you know and that's the thing even in relationships like you said we have to shift our mindset and so no matter what it is like if you want something you have to really like represent that too. So you can't say like, you know, I want, and that's what I got taught in the life coaching. They're like, if you want high-end clients, you need to be like that too. You can't be right. like, you know, if you want a dependable person or partner, you got to be dependable. You know, there like you, you can't just be like uh, all over the place and and not there for the person or not, be... And expect them to meet you up here. It's yeah, like they yeah. got to be up here. Like, who, what are you bringing? What are you bringing for him to meet you up there? Right? A masculine right. man knows what he brings, but your boobs and your butt ain't going to do it. That's not what men are. That's not what starts a relationship. That's not what makes men, no. but you know, provide and protect women. That's not it. But in our culture, you know, that's like I said, women, I hate to say this, and I really, really hate to say this, but women actually, because men are stepping back because they don't want any of that bullshit. Right, women are left with their the biggest tools, their sexuality. So you throw your sexuality around like crazy, trying to entice men into your lives, thinking that's you know if you're the best he's ever had, or that you show them how you know da da da, and you're like understanding, and you give it to him, you give it to him because that's that's intimacy will start a relationship. It doesn't for men at all. Sex has never ever had men provide and protect and want to start something with women ever. And that's another lemon that you know is happening in our culture. So women are desperate for connection and act like men and then have sex like men and wonder why it goes nowhere. Like you're, 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 you're giving away your most powerful attributes for free thinking is going to start something. It doesn't. And men instinctively know this, right? They can't trust a woman who sleeps with them too quickly. Again, back to nature, men can't trust a woman who's got no virtue. 
body count is a big deal for men, right? Women like to marry a man who knows, you know, have a good future lined up, right? You know a good future when you see one. The guy's got his shit together. This is why women are attracted to these men. But men look at women with their past. Body count matters. It's character. If you're that girl, why would I even try to build something with you when I can't really trust you? Yeah. Ouch. Well, ouch. Ouch. Right? No, I actually was on culture. a, but yeah, but I was on a podcast where this guy, have you ever heard of Kevin Samuels? He passed oh, yeah, away. Absolutely, okay. Absolutely, so absolutely. I did not know that this guy was friends with Kevin Samuels. So I was on his podcast, but part of a panel and he yeah. of course was bashing us women. I don't care what anybody says. That's what he was doing. Shutting us down, shutting us down. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. And so rude. And so, but no, but I mean, he just like, was like, I'm right. I'm right. So he was saying, like, we were talking about the body count. That's what it was about. Yeah. And so the big problem. But sorry. Big but problem. I think that people can change, though, because what you do when you're young and then say from uh, like 30 to 50, you've been with one person. I mean, people can change. But Man, anyway, I, I, men don't think like, yeah, obviously. But men don't care about that. Men, I know they're, they're, that shows your character. That's what he and said. Why would you trust? <laughs> why would you trust a woman who does that? And then some women turn into born again virgins. Oh, I don't do that anymore. Too late. Because men actually have such an intuition about this, right? Like they, you don't have to tell them. We know, seriously, like the, men are very, very intuitive. Women don't know this really well. But men are intuitive. They know a loose chick when they see one. And they're going to play with her, but she'll never get married. Not with him. Like we know this stuff. So your history will haunt you forever. I don't care if you turn again, born again virgin. It's on you. We could see it. We could smell it not to be trusted that's so what he so said too people, well he said that's again we this is nature this is how it goes you're that girl and you that girl you've been that girl for 20 years this is who you are you how what would keep you from doing that to me in five years when you get bored next well that's how i feel about cheating though i feel the same way like if they're you know are a like known cheater then i'm i'm leery of like well why character. wouldn't you do that to me like character. you know like yeah but I'm, but if you're gonna go there you want to go there women cheat just as much as men so oh no talk, i'm not just talking about no men. but we don't talk I, about that right yeah. oh, he oh yeah does. they do so like stop with that shit i'm sorry like cheating is on both sides 50 50 you know there's three percent difference so let's stop blaming men for that when women do the exact same thing no, well, oh. I'm not blaming men. I'm just saying, like, if I was getting into a, a relationship, I look at that. Yeah. But I'm not a cheater. So right. I, I've i been cheated on several times. In a marriage, I was cheated on for years. Never once cheated on him because yeah. I took a vow with him. And I didn't want to hurt my kids. And I, but you that know. That was a so, boy, by the way. That was a boy. Well, it's. Boys cheat. Sorry. I know. But I I did not lower my. Right. And you didn't know that. You didn't know that. Yes. No. So not until I got with somebody that wasn't like that. And I was like, oh, there you go. That's a man. <laughs> but anyway, right? yeah. So so the, the thing is, like, right. Women do cheat. Believe me, I have lots of friends. And if they're listening, uh, do not use me. At, and it's not anymore. When I was younger, they were lying to their spouses and saying they were with me right, when they were with up. another man. And we're covering up with you. Right? Yeah. Don't put <clears> me. <throat> so, yes, women absolutely cheat. And do not put me in it. That's not fair. Don't. And. Don't put innocent bystanders <laughs> no in it kidding. because then the spouses would be mad at me and I don't even know why they're mad like, at me. I had nothing to do with that, right? right. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I wasn't there. Like, <laughs> I don't know none of this. Anyway, Oi. all right. So what what advice can you give? Because we're going to start in it. Yeah, wrap it um, up. Anybody that wants to like settle down that's really 
you know, they're just responsible and they're ready and not all this other stuff. But like, yeah, they're, yeah. what do you have advice for them? They want to settle down. They want to get married. Well, I call it, you know, develop gender intelligence. Developed, it's a term that Dr. John Gray invented. It doesn't use very much anymore. But the idea of, again, if you go back to nature, we're so different. Men are different than women. You know, we function differently. Testosterone brain has us behave differently. The estrogen brain, blah, blah, blah. Right? You're all about your feelings. We don't use our feelings. We're all about logic. So the two pieces need to come together to make something balanced. We need each other to balance each other out. But women constantly don't understand men, and men constantly don't understand women. So gender intelligence is... If you're a woman want to build a relationship with a man and, and be successful at that, instead of being righteous and talking to your girlfriend about what men should be, I go cross the bridge into men world. Go learn why men do what they do, what motivates them, you know, why they, 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 they don't, they, why they operate the way they operate. They talk less on purpose. There's a reason. They're hunters. They're right. There's a whole system in place, operating system, that has men instinctively behave the way they do. You can't make them wrong for that. To go find out. And then when you understand, when women understand men better doing the research, get this. This is part of my work too. 50% of the stuff you take personally disappears. That alone is a different life with men. When you get them, understand what they're motivated by as opposed to doing it your way. Ah, liberating. That's that's liberation, right? And I say the same thing to men. You know, women always say little things. How can I, you know, I need so little, right? Well, to men, that doesn't mean anything, right? So I go, men, cross the bridge into woman world. Go learn, go research, take, just, and find out what that means. What does she need to, to be good? What does she need to stay connected? What does she need to feel safe? Like men don't understand safety because we don't have that. You're never without that feeling of wanting to be safe. We don't know that, right? And that's a lot of the derailment. So go find out what makes a woman tick, what she needs when she says, I need so little, how to connect, how to keep her on your side, how to keep her feeling safe. And then get on the bridge together, and now you have a chance to start dancing together and learn how to get on the dance, right? So that's look behind me. That's my picture of my, my wife and I ballroom dancing. Oh, that's now, so beautiful. This is what I'm talking about. How do you get to this? Have you seen a couple ballroom couple <laughs> dance? It's yeah. beautiful. It's, it's effortless. It glides. It's magical. Well, you know how much practice went into that? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You want to be a relationship? Men, women, go cross the bridge, then come back on the bridge and start practicing dancing. And the beginning is a little awkward. You step on each other's toes, right? And you're like, there's, a, there's sort of an adjusting to each other. Communications is all about that, right? Ballroom dancers communicate without talking because they have a system that they practice. Same in relationships. The metaphors are fantastic. And again, it's not that anybody's weaker than the other one. They need to both do their part for the thing to work. You know what I mean? So the masculine right. will lead more. The feminine will support the lead. You know what I mean? If she's trying to lead him, he gets the elbow to the face. I know I've been there. Or the knee to the groin, right? <laughs> so there's, again, a system to flow together that we negotiate together. That's relationships. So that's what I'm saying. Gender intelligence. Go find out. Come back on the bridge. Find somebody that you like and start practicing and negotiating the terms of dancing together. Ta-da! And that's how it functions. That's how it works best. Sounds great. If that's what I we teach, just got to do it. Awesome. That's what I teach. So where can we find you? Like where, so people, you can teach the audience this. Yeah. Um, so all right, go I got, I actually got a gift for you listeners. Is that cool? Yeah. So it's actually in two types. So people who listen to podcasts typically are two different types. There's the people who want more information. They're you know, like, Oh, tell me more. Right. And the people who just go, let me have this guy. I need to talk to this guy. I'm just saying, it's always the same. 
So I'm going to I'm going to offer your listeners to email me. My email is Andre Coaching the number one at Gmail. Andre Coaching one at Gmail. And if you put in the title of the email, um, my gift to anybody who wants more information, I have an ebook called The Five Feminine Qualities Men Find Irresistible. Okay. Now I sell it online, but I'll give it to you to your listeners for free. Just send me an email, Andre Coaching one with irresistible ebook, and I'll just send it to you. And if you have any questions you want to ask me on that email, I'll answer your questions myself. Now, for the ladies who want, or the men who want more, or want to know more, or want to talk to me, you go to, on that email, just write in the title, Talk Now. And what I'll do is I'll go through my calendar and find a spot where we could actually have a one-on-one conversation. It's called an exploratory call. And we talk about what you're challenged with, what is it that you want, and how I could help. So it's it's it's... It's fantastic, and like I said, the book is the book is powerful, right, in itself. But you know that information doesn't really tra- cause transformation. So, if you to, to talk to me and you know learn this stuff, really learn this stuff, you get there faster. You know, you could read about it, or you could get to work. Is what I'm saying. So you can get some understanding. You learn how to dance and the the the, the dance of love. I call it right, men and women. You stop the confusion, the frustrations, you know, because nobody's ever taught any of that, by the way. And then you actually get to, on the other side, you know, able to have, to build a relationship and really get to what I call bring to freedom in the dynamic of relationships. So that's, that's my gift to you. Thank you so much. Do you have a website or just the email? So the website is uh, um, projectequinox.net. And there's a ton of stuff that I have blogs that have connected to YouTube. There's a lot of YouTube, there's a ton of podcasts. Uh, you can spend the day perusing there. I'm on Instagram at Project Equinox. I'm on TikTok under Andre Parody. So I'm all over the place. And actually, I send you an email and all these okay. uh, in my signature, everything's going to be there for you to connect. Awesome. But yeah, my mission is to help men and women alleviate the pain and actually know and learn how to build healthy, loving, long term relationships. That's that's my work, you know, and uh, it's an honor to do it. And it's amazing to watch people change and live their dream, you know, from from going from not knowing to knowing. It's, it's, it's my life. It's unbelievable. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Oh, beautiful. And thank you so much for being a guest. And thank you for being the first person that I kind of went uh, back and forth I'm just joking it wasn't that serious <laughs> but no I really appreciate it and uh, I hope to have you on again in the future and then we can discuss some other things that we didn't get to yeah and we could talk more about your ebook as well uh in the future Absolutely. so thank you so much again Andre this has been fantastic and very educational and I hope you have a great day thank you you too I appreciate thank you. you bye That was fun. Okay, so so Andre parody. That was really cool. Uh I don't like to go like against things, but yeah, I don't I don't always agree, of course, with everyone because that's first of all, that's not even real. Uh second of all, right, that's just not real. Like that's not authentic. Nobody agrees with everything everybody says. So, yeah, the whole, 
like a feminine thing. Of course, I don't agree 100% with that. I do agree with some things. And it's all part of his business. And he really just does help people. So that's awesome. So I just uh, believe that whatever you are, whatever relationship you are, whatever gender you're in, even if it's a same-sex relationship, whatever you're in, um, then whatever works for you guys is great but a lot of these things that he brought up are really good key points because it's about our expectations so many people have so much expectations but then they don't want to do things and i'm not talking about the traditional non-traditional whatever um i don't always agree with that either because i don't feel like a woman should only do this and a man should only always or whatever like you know i feel like again things could be mixed in or or different roles but i do believe that you know that having a man that is a protector or provide all those things are are awesome but again then you you know it's a balance that's why i agree i agree that it's a balance okay so so like yeah that was very fun and um hopefully you learned something and if you are someone maybe you are 40 something and you were in your career and you want to say, well, how, how like, can I find someone reach out to Andre? Cause he can help you or a man, maybe a man that was, maybe you were a player. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. And then now you're like, Oh, I want to settle down then. Or maybe somebody's you're being a boy and you want to settle down, reach out to Andre, see if he can help you. And take advantage, guys, of getting that free, uh, the ebook. That's so cool. Take advantage of that and email him and see what, you know, if that really helps you or if you can do that call with him. Because I find as being a coach, it's better to get on a call. I actually have several today. So, yay, I'm excited. I have several calls today for my company, uh, Discovery Calls. And so, that really gives you a better grasp because I can email you back and forth. I can text you back and forth, but speaking to the person face to face and kind of saying, Hey, this is what I need. They feel your energy. They see you, they hear you. And I think that's a lot more helpful. And then it's about honesty. So like, say the person, the coach is like, Oh, maybe I really can't help you with that. Or you can get a feel for if you think the person is a good fit for you. So anyway, thank you for listening. You know, my podcast. I love this podcast because I really love like speaking to so many amazing people with different authentic points of view. And, you know, my coaching, if you ever need me, I do grief and PTSD coaching. So any kind of trauma or anything you're trying to kind of work through, I would love to do a discovery call with you. So authentic points of view at gmail.com is how you can reach me. Now I do have an Instagram now. For the podcast and the coaching authentic points of view coaching or authentic points of view podcast those are on instagram and then facebook same thing authentic points of view podcast authentic points of view coaching and then danielle boer 82 is on instagram i think like authentic points of view 2 is my twitter i believe and then my pod page i think is www.podpage dot com slash like authentic points of view podcast and that's where you can find all the episodes as well as on spotify and all that stuff 
Um, if you want to reach out to me for coaching, please uh, do. I do have a Calendly link, but reach out to me on either email or the social media platforms. Oh, Danielle Boer is my regular Facebook page as well. So reach out to me and I would love to see if I can help you. So many of us are have been through grief. I think it's something that we all go through. There's like many things that we can all go through in life, but we're all going to have somebody that passes away that's related to us or that we love. Everybody's going to experience that. Uh, unless you just live to like, I don't know, unfortunately, unless you have like a short life, but I hope that you don't. Um, because most of us have grandparents and, you know, stuff like that. Like you're, you might, you know, uh, experience some grief. So hopefully you don't experience trauma, but if you do, I have as well. And I would love to, to help you through it. So everybody have a fantastic day. I will see you guys next Wednesday. And hopefully you reach out to me. Okay. Also, if you want to see or hear somebody on the podcast, then please email me and let me know. Okay. I've had people on where people were like, hey, you should talk about this. I'm like, okay, if you want to come on, come on. And if I feel like, you know, you would be valuable to uh, the listener, let me know. Have a great day and a good month. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Authentic Points of View podcast. I hope that something you heard today changes your point of view. If you would like to share your views, please email me at authenticpointsofview at gmail.com or leave a comment on Facebook at Authentic Points of View Podcast. Remember, always be mindful of other people's journeys and have open ears and an open heart.